Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Friday, October 15th, and thank God the Premier League is back. In this episode, we will wrap up the World Cup qualifiers and declare the new king of CONCACAF. But first, Mike, we have a... A report from Ranger Country. Yeah. Tell us what you have to say. Well, all right. So here's what happens when... Ice hockey Rangers. Here's what happens when your sport stops uh, after getting a a good amount of momentum three times in the first four months. That's what I'm saying. Again, it's going to happen again. Uh, People over here on this side of the pond stop giving a shit, right? So uh, I don't know how much football I watched in the international break. It was a very small amount, but my my true love uh the national hockey league as abusive as they are to me uh, is back and um i i had the pleasure and pain of watching the rangers play twice this week and uh well as much as i would have rather taken my eyes out with a spoon i sat through it they got their shit pushed in by the capitals last night um we're not going to dive into the whole uh why they are what they are now there's just frankly there's not enough time but yeah Tonight Tell us was about interesting. The positive, great thing you were. Yeah. Doing. So tonight was great. Tonight was the Rangers' home opener, and um, uh, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Ranger Rod Gilbert uh, passed away a few months back. Uh, he was 80 years old, and and that was the thing that was so shocking when when I heard he passed was that he was that old because I had seen him. I I've met him before. I have two really good stories in a second about him, but um, it was it was jarring, and they had a really beautiful tribute to him they had all of his family there the rangers for all their faults on the ice they do a lot of the things like this right right and so um it it sort of the the pregame ceremony sort of brought a bit of a tear to my eye it was really really emotional uh and uh really well done i have a um, point rangers are the spurs of hockey well it's funny you say that they are because, spurs. they are tottenham hotspur because you say that because so i'll i'll, I'll get two seconds into the game but so the Rangers go down two nil early on, and then the second period is downhill running, right? And it felt like the Dallas Stars, who's who they were playing, legitimately who have a good defensive team and not a whole lot on offense. To you know, they have some older players; they're not really all that great anymore. Certainly not what the Rangers have on on offense. Um, it felt like Mourinho's Spurs, and a shit bounce, and all of a sudden it's two one. And a shit bounce, and all of a sudden it's two two, and it was it was incredible watching it from the other side. It felt like the Crystal Palace game at Selhurst Park last season, where Spurs are up one nil. They're like, "Nah, we got it. Fuck it, we're not going to cross midfield." And here comes Palace. Here comes Palace. Here comes Palace. They end up winning the, or they end up drawing that game, but they get finally a loss. Um, the Rangers lost in overtime, which is why I sound a little more inebriated than usual because I am. But um. The two stories I have about Roger Bear, one is a personal account. One is one I heard from one of the funniest people I've heard in sports media ever, Dave Maloney. He's the Rangers play-by-play guy, or sorry, Rangers commentary, you know, former Ranger from the 70s and 80s. Famous for the 79 team more than anything. He was one of the best players in the 1979 Rangers team. But the best part about him for my generation is that he's, like I said, he's the color guy on the radio, and he's just, he's a no-holds-barred kind of guy, right? If the Rangers stink, he like put the radio on because he'd be like, I don't know what they're doing. It's ridiculous. It's he's 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 he doesn't know that he's unfiltered is how I would describe him. Right. And so he tells a story like this. 
he's in the pregame show and he's in like the chase booth, which is like the super swanky see-through lounge that the players walk by into the locker room. He's wearing a suit and tie. And he was a little bit older than Roger bear by about, well, considerably older, 15 or so years, 20 years. And so when he was coming up in the early seventies, Roger bear, Jean Rattel, and um, Vic Hadfield, the goal of game line, as they were known, um, they were towards the tail end of their careers. But there were a few years where they were hanging on. And he's a rookie, and he tells his story literally in the pregame tonight. He goes, you know, I had a groin problem. So I was in the um, I was in the medical room, and I was in the tub, right, the ice tub. And I had never met John Rattel or Ron Blair before. And they walk into the room, and I'm in the, I'm in the tub. And I get all nervous. I see them and I stand up and I go, Rod, hi, I'm Dave Maloney. He doesn't say this part on TV. If anybody's been in, yeah, if anybody's ever been in an ice tub, you don't have pants on. This dude is just flapping to the wind, just dick flying everywhere, puts his hand out. And Roger Bear, for all his grace and all his class, goes, hi, Dave, nice to meet you, shakes his hand. He goes, you can sit down now. <laughs> nice, nice, good job, so Roger. It's just, yeah, he's just great. And honestly, I remember being at a game like ten years ago, more than that, like fifteen years ago. I was like in college, and uh, I went with my dad, and we had really good seats in the corner. And uh, Roger Bear sits the row in front of us. This is a true story. And my dad nudges me, elbows me. You know what that is? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like whispering to each other. Like, we're like the weird guys with like the hot chicken class. Like, don't fucking say anything. Do you know what that is? Yeah, that I know. So he hears us, right? That's Roger Bear. I fucking know it's Roger Bear. And at some point, he turns around and goes, "Hey guys, how you doing?" And we're both in unison. Go, hi, Mister Gilbert. Took pictures with him, shook his hand. I had like a five minute conversation with him, and he he was sort of like just. It was like Roger Bear at Madison Square Garden was like a Mickey Mouse at Disney World. He just would kind of just float. And he was places all the time. And uh, nobody loved it more than him. And I, I know that because I got to meet him that one time. So yeah, uh, it's it's sad and it's unfortunate. And this is what happens when your sport takes two weeks off every fucking month for the first three months of the season. People who host a sports podcast or a soccer podcast talk about <laughs> hockey for the first. Yeah, and our numbers were low. Episode. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so we should probably just wrap up the international break. Uh, I did watch... We had a very, very poor performance by the U.S. men's national team versus um, versus Panama away. Oh, we talked about that. that. Was, we talked about it. It was a disaster. Yeah. Then we had the Ticos, who I remember Costa Rica being really good. You know, 2014 World Cup, yeah. they played five at the back. What I didn't realize is they're still playing the same guys. Well, Kaylor Navas team, was the backbone of that team, right? Like the guys are still there. It's still yeah. freaking Brian D. Brian Ruiz. That he literally got caught from behind because he was on a breakaway. Because he's thirty-seven. There's substitutions. They sent out forty-year-olds. Like, hey, Costa Rica. There's gotta be younger dudes out there. <laughs> like, it can't be the same crew that made the the, the round of sixteen. It sort of makes me wonder. And I looked it up. It was exactly the same team. Yeah. It's incredible. I, it makes me wonder, like, these smaller countries, like... You run yourself out there, man. <laughs> of course. But, like, yeah. is it to the point where, like, the players become bigger than 
the the country at that point because like they had such glory in 2014 and like they, no they get to go until they don't want to go anymore right, right. Like, or, or the conversely you do like Gerald Pique who's like yeah I still play for Barcelona I shouldn't be playing for Barcelona why well, am yeah. I still playing for Barcelona well because you guys should have got rid of me right? at the international like, level, you have to you love the choice. club enough to be like hey I'm retiring don't ask me to play because if I'm playing yeah. something is wrong Right, right, right. I'm sure Michael yeah. Bradley would still love to be playing midfield for the U.S. Oh, God. Thank God he isn't because Tyler yeah. Adams was fantastic in that game. Uh, the U.S. gave it the first goal in the first five minutes. They did fight their way back in. Uh, Serginho well, Test Serginho Test with a thunder cunt of a goal. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. And that side between he and Wea was really good. They got a lot done. Again, the Ticos were old. Uh, second half, U.S. had most of the ball. They really weren't pressured. They had one bad breakaway that Ruiz just literally could <laughs> not run, which was really funny. But they still could knock the ball around. And then uh, Tim Weah, again, that same side of Destin Weah, just blasted past not Kaylor Navas, who went out because he's old and he got hurt. <laughs> and it did go through his near side. A goal that Navas saves, no problem. So yeah. the U.S. get their six points instead of the seven that they really wanted, but they're doing fine. They're but I think uh, you and I were talking about this, and, and our team chat has been talking about this. We specifically asked, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? And it was, I want to talk about fucking Canada. And I'm like, yeah. okay, let's talk about Canada. And so, I looked them up. Oof. They're really fucking good. <laughs> hey, so all of the hubris of the North American soccer media, if you will, is all about what the U.S. does and doesn't do, and in, mm -hmm. and for right reasons, right? Like Mexico's sure. going to make it. Put it this way: Mexico's going to make it. But the the rising storyline, and it has been for a while in in Concacaf, yeah. has been the rise of Canada. Because what you've got is U.S. Mexico is always one and two in whatever order you want. Costa Rica is pretty much there, and then you have a revolving door for four. Right now, Canada is currently comfortably at the three spot and you and, and i would it. argue deserving of at least the two spot right so mm -hmm. not that not that all that matters much as long as you're one of those first three spots who gives a shit you're going right um but yeah i mean shades of like shades of 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 like 2013 spurs with bail like just like uh give it to that guy fuck me so why don't we queue it up laurent yeah, what we will. What, but one thing I do want to bring up, the difference, one of the differences yeah. that we have about Canada is they have real strikers. Kyle Lyron, real striker, plays in Besiktas. They have, um, uh, I think his name, I just was looking it up as I was chatting, uh, and I lost it immediately. How did that happen? Uh, oh, no, here it is. Uh, no, uh, no, it's important. Um, oh, Freaking fracking through. Oh, sorry, uh, David, Jonathan David. Oh, of, yeah. of Stad Ren. He was the leading goal scorer of a champion team in France. Like mm -hmm. this is they have a real striker, not what we have, which is like, ooh, Pepe. Dude, the kid's 18 <laughs> and plays in fucking so, Dallas. Before we get right? into before we get into the headliner. And they have a let's... better fucking crowd. Like no singing <sighs> songs. They have a hockey crowd. They get it. Yeah, but yeah, let's let's crowd. let's get this Bef sucker wait, record. Before we before we tee this yeah. up. Let's talk about that for a second because we spent an episode last season talking about how Germany plucks all of the greatest 
athletes from America in the 1415 year, maybe a year later, and they teach them the technical part of the game that creates Pulisic, that creates a McKinney, that creates um, a, a Gio Reyna, right? Yeah, but Dortmund does it because they have to. The, the difference with Davies that we're going to is that he's on Dortmund. <laughs> no, he's on Bayern. Like, Bayern, right? excuse me. He's yeah, on yeah. Bayern. But, but like you said, there are players – from Canada who have made their names not because they're here's the difference not because they were attractive Americans coming from what is relatively known as up-and-coming soccer scouting hotbeds in the US mm -hmm. Canada is still completely unmined gold right mm -hmm. and you've got like you said Kyle Aaron perfect example I hate the prick because I hate Orlando City because I live here <laughs> but but he's great Right, he scored yeah, against and, us. And in what the you what you saw with Canada, and you know, we can argue about it, is an immigrant community that has been paid attention to, so that when you see that national team, it's all Africans. They're Canadian. They're glad to be Canadian. They have a real yeah. immigration policy. They have a kid who's a refugee from, I think he was Ghana. I think Alfonso Davies is is from Ghana. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I might have that wrong. But he comes up Vancouver has one decent season and Byron grabs him for $10 million. Like, thanks. Fun fact. This... Yeah. I was at Alfonso Davies last game in North America. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I was in Vancouver for that. It happened to be a work trip and I was, they were like, yeah. let's go to MLS game. And I was like, do we fucking have to? And, uh, <laughs> and it was Alfonso Davies last game. I'm pretty sure he scored. I was in. I, I had a funny thing. Same but... thing with Vancouver, probably going to see the guys. I flew a charter fight from Seattle to Vancouver, and those guys were flying coach. The whole team was in the plane. <laughs> really? The whole, they're all in their gear. I was like, I know who these people – I think I sat next to them. I just didn't chat with them. I was like, oh, this is an MLS <laughs> team flying to Vancouver. So yeah. that was cool. Yeah, I flew with them too. Uh, but what? Well, the reason why we wanted to bring this up is, one, because the U.S. had a, such a hard time with Panama and Canada late in the game poured it on. But to show – the power of Alfonso Davies, the king of CONCACAF, the best player in North America, yeah. bar none. Yep. He's incredible, and this play is going to really show it to you. So, Mike, just let me know when you've got it all set up so we can turn it on. Ready. Hit it. Not much in that. So look Not at the closing Davies speed from Davies. Me. He gets there, yeah. touches it around the player, makes Davies. the turn. So stop it here because stop it there. So go back a little bit because for those who aren't watching the show live, right? Like we're talking about, okay, there was a DeAndre Yedlin play that went viral. Look at the like, difference. Like, Look where like is. five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like five or six years ago, it was DeAndre Yedlin who had this closing speed of like 25 yards in like insane, like two seconds. Like it was nuts. This is like that, except the, the DeAndre Yedlin play, he like kicked it out for a throw in or something. And what as you he, watch this, go he, ahead, go he, ahead, play it from here. 25, is he 15 yards behind him? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's very similar to the DeAndre Yedlin play. But he the pirouette, past him. but he makes a pirouette on the line, comes in on a two-on-two situation, just absolutely leaves the defender for dead and scores short side. That's not what DeAndre Yedlin did. <laughs> right? so, I mean, and look at this crowd. I mean, this is a... This is notorious Canadian. Like I mean, look at on the line. I mean, this is pure fucking class. So here's what we I don't would have say. a player like this. Like... <laughs> All right. No, of course not. 
what I would say about the crowd, oh what an incredible, what incredible I would say play. about the crowd is that um, it, I know these people, they're, they're very similar to me. Some of them speak a little bit of more better French than I do, but that's pretty much the only difference. They are so calcified. They are, they are, they have not seen any of their teams win anything since 1993, right? The 5% of them in that crowd. Right. And so to blue Jays or fucking Canadians, realistically is a good year for Canada. But um, the thing that they've had, it's found money. It's, it's whimsical. It's, and they're going to they, host the World Cup and be really good. Yeah, yeah, but like, but you got to understand from a Canadian fandom perspective, it's all good, right? It is. It's similar to how you and I used to see the Premier League. I get the feeling that we're sort of stuck in our in our ways with like other sports now. But mm. the, the best part I always felt over the last ten years about being even a Spurs supporter, for fuck's sake, was. Um, as a Yankee fan growing up, as a Ranger fan growing up, it was I, I've inundated myself. I've saturated myself with everything about the game, and I've become – I know everything. I've heard everything. I've seen it all before. I'm calcified. Like, yeah, awesome. Like, it, it, I'm tired, right? <laughs> and, I, and and it's because I, I, I know the trends. I know what's going to happen. And part of the the beauty of the Premier League was the emotion. You talk about it all the time in the show, the unpredictability and how it grabs they you. They have by the, the third shirt. estate. The supporters right. are right. in the game. They are part of they have yes. a stake. Somehow they've put themselves into this thing. And that's probably in some sense gonna take us into our little our Newcastle discussion down the road. But that stake, that yeah. piece, the Canadians have it. More that's than I mean. American well, they, fans do. Somehow, no, 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 no. we're no, doing something no, wrong. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We found it 11 years ago, right? We found mm -hmm. it in 2010. That mm -hmm. Donovan goal and like the sure. four or five-year sure. stretch that 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 followed, that through was 14, our, through, through Through the Howard game. Yes. That that's was what, our but that's what golden. That's you missed the fucking World Cup. Oh, of course. We we're we're playing from behind by quite a bit because all of that momentum and frankly, all of the momentum that was carried on by the women's team, as much as they want to make you think that they're out odds, they're actually working on the same plane, right? And they're kind of building on each other. But the men dropped the ball big time. And in that's doing a, so, that's a it's almost like they opened the door for Canada to kind of awaken, right? And well, even open the door for Europe, like this Euros, like we talked about how it seemed to be in the air. It's just like the U.S. Where is the you know when you miss the World Cup? That's eight years. Yeah, you're gone. Mm -hmm. No fucking third column in right. PTI. No Uncle Tony. No nothing. You're fucking right. gone. Right. And all the all the while, you've had. Again, we're talking about Concacaf, right? This Good is shit. not a difficult qualifier. No. no. So a team no. like Canada, with two to three quality players. And relative shit on the rest of they their team. Make the, they could make two World Cups if Panama can make they it. They can absolutely. And fucking and 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 uh, Costa Rica can get a, 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 out of the play out of the group phase. Canada can absolutely make it with fucking Davies. Well, so that's and, the thing and, is that and, like and Jonathan. I look Davies. at I look at this moment that we're in right now, and I see it as Canada's 1990, right? Sure, Canada's sure. like. What was, I don't remember how long it had been since the U.S. Because there was a long time between World Cup 
uh, births. The U.S. made ninety. That was yeah. The that's first what I mean. But when they qualified yes. in for Italy, 90. yes. They but yes. they when they qualified in the late eighties, right? For sure. Yeah. They hadn't qualified in gosh Since twenty the years, fifties or something. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So that was that was a. I don't know. If you look back at the last 35, 40 years in U.S. soccer, there's four to five moments you can pick out of your head. And you're like, these were elbows. These were inflection points in the trajectory of U.S. soccer. And you're looking at one right now in in the same trajectory for Canadian soccer. You're looking at Alfonso Davies leading a revolution, not unlike a young, young Landon Donovan did in 2002. Right, sure. because that's that's one of those points, right? When they yeah, made the sure. quarterfinals, when they beat Mexico, when they beat Portugal, um, sure. so you know Luis Figo's Portugal. I remember that shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're looking at the second coming, effectively, of North a America's moment. Landon Donovan, but he's not yeah. wearing the red, white, oh, and he's, blue. He's way better than Landon Donovan. Oh, I understand, but 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 <laughs> relative relative to the importance of one yeah. that one player had to their country and their national team. Yeah, um, yeah he, no, could, he, he could be more in the Bale range where basically Bale oh, has taken certain. Wales and put Wales into major tournaments, getting to a semifinal. And now they've played so much together that Wales wins games without him because they have forged a unit, yes. right? That's what happens Here's in small country difference. national teams. They forge units. Like, look at Denmark. So, Denmark is undefeated in qualifying now okay. since the Ericsson thing. I know. They forge I... into units. I have a hard time sitting here and saying Canada belongs in that echelon of the Denmarks and the Wales because you know what? They could. Alfonso Davies is as good or better than the players who have taken those teams to yeah. those levels, at least age appropriate, right? At him, at his age 20, Bale or Ericsson or whoever else, right? Oh, he's better. Without yeah, question. he's better. Yeah. But and way understand. more athletic, but he can fly. Sure. But it's not about him at this point, right? Yeah. In their qualifying, Wales and Denmark had a hard time because their qualifying was far more difficult than Canada's. Canada's going to skirt by, but when they get to the big tournaments, when they They're get to, get frankly, when they get out of Concacaf, <laughs> when they go to the big world, when they go to the World Cup, yeah. yeah. The thing about Wales, the reason that why they're able to galvanize, and actually, I think they almost made it out of the group. In the Euros, and the reason why Denmark was able to go on a run, aside from their best player having a fucking heart attack on the field, was that they have a they have an eleven of European quality players, yeah, right, scattered across the top five leagues wherever you want. But yeah, Wales has a number of Premier League starters, or at least like close yeah. to first team, and Denmark certainly has. Hi, cat. Denmark has a number of players scattered across the top five leagues. Yeah. Canada doesn't have that. Canada has players who belong in those conversations. Kyle Lahren, as you mentioned, he's not quite top five, but he, he probably, he's knocking on the door. Yeah, um, pretty good. They have a superstar and yeah. that's exactly, they're, they're, they're just a shit whales for me. Right. But they, I mean, they, but they may lose games because their defense is basically MLS quality. They may lose games saying, because they don't right? have a class goal, goalkeeper. But what they do have is an outball and a guy who can fly and destroy yeah. things. And you know what? Newcastle should buy him. <laughs> that's a great call. And we're going to, I'm going to let you have that segue in one minute, in one minute, but in a big tournament, right? If you're, if you're managing, any any top 
call it 20 team in the world. It could be from yeah. any fucking confederation. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're playing against Canada, is your defense not playing insanely lopsided to the right? Just like, no. You have to. No, go ahead. You can have the whole fucking left side. I dare you. We're not yeah, going to let you They need to develop right. another guy. They need another guy. You, We're you go dare grab you, Canada. Yeah. You go grab Conte and you put Conte on him. Or exactly. you take Pogba and you put Pogba yep. on him. I'm not right? even France. That... I'm not talking about France. Dude, no, but France anybody. No you just, someone put someone on him. But what we just saw Madonna. in that video is that guy can get away from you. <laughs> right. Right. But what I'm talking about is Ghana. Anybody. Yeah. Right. Anybody who is going to be a threat to the World Cup round of 16 has a scheme to stop a one-man band Canada. Right. What Canada needs to make Alfonso Davies as good as he possibly can be is it's the same thing as every good wide receiver in, in the NFL ever. If he has a secondary receiver who's pretty good or he almost makes the second receiver good, right? You could see that. You could see a guy who plays above his quality because he's like, oh, fuck, I'm wide open all the time. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Then you have to respect both threats. But until yeah. then, I mean, Canada will make the World Cup. I'm not worried about that. But on the yeah. world stage, I don't see them making a lot of noise. As much as I hate them from a hockey perspective, and I'm wearing a Quebec Major Junior jersey right now, uh, I do sort of like them. I like them. <laughs> I, I'm excited to watch them yeah. on the world they, stage. They really so. don't have deep quality. Like, it's Junior Hoylet. I'm looking at their roster. It's no. it's guys from Toronto FC. There's a guy but, who okay. You know what they goal. are? They're Norwich. They're not going to back down. They're going to go no. after you. They're going right? to play. They're going to play. And, and it's exciting. It, it's cool. Would you for... rather that? Or would you rather Panama or Trinidad and Tobago or some shit no, other no. teams? You know, the other thing Latin is American I looked country. I looked up I looked up their coach Heard. What's interesting is he's integrated. He's developed the entire women's team, which Canada was right That's there right. with Sinclair. Mm-hmm. He took New Zealand to the World Cup as women, so he's gone from the women to the men. And as the men, he's also the technical technical director and has gone from under fourteen all the way up. So he mm-hmm. knows. The entire, I mean, it's Canada. There's 40 million people. He literally knows every yeah. good player in Canada and has gone to look for them. He <laughs> is what we thought Klinsman was going to be. Right. But Klinsman was too, Klinsman was too big to do the dirty work. But he is eh. in I his mind. A, yeah. I think he was yeah. a facade because he wanted yeah, he's to a do that. Yeah. 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 Well, he, he didn't want well, to do yeah, the wrong he, work. He wanted to have delegates he could trust. And when he got here, he went, uh oh. <laughs> right yeah. he's like oh boy uh i can't yeah. trust yeah. anybody yeah i have yeah. to do it all this is right exactly like country. he's the one who hired yorgi low who ended up taking Germany yeah. to for right, whatever exactly so we've got so, we've got it mike we have to get to the premier league we're a half hour in we've fine. talked about canada for 20 minutes <laughs> it's more fun you know what your sport took a day off for two weeks so two so the, the the, the big news is still is still around Newcastle and what they're going to do. The entire British media is just in depth with really forgetting about the, the Saudi Arabia stuff. They sort of give a short shrift to human Dude, rights abuses. Uh, so they don't care. It was a day care. and a half. Yeah, they're over it already. There's going to be like the Guardian <laughs> will keep writing about it. But really now they want to go, okay, who's going to manage them? We had Brendan Rodgers at two to one at the bookies. And he's of course saying, I'm not going to leave. 
This is the man who said, "I'm not going to leave Swansea for Liverpool." He left Swansea. For I love. I love. Oh, I'll never leave. I'll never leave Celtic in the middle of the season. I'll see the season out. He left Celtic in the middle of the season to go to Leicester. So he's two to one to uh, to take on here's, the here's Newcastle the job. They should shoot higher than Brendan Rodgers. No, I don't think they should. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I think Brendan Rodgers is actually the right choice for right now. Okay. Well, why? Because he is a developer of young players. He knows the Premier League. Okay. He doesn't yep. need to really win anything just yet, but he will get that team playing with the players they have in a way that's exciting and people will want to watch. And okay. when they get good and it's time to win, they get another coach. Okay. Yeah, I, the, the person I had in mind, who you know very well who it is, is all of those same things. Except Ooh. he has managed big egos before. Who? Mauricio Pochettino. <laughs> he he's a, he's a, yeah, he's also actually a really good candidate in that he can start from zero and really sort of work within this concept and whatever. Doesn't have to deal with the PSG baggage and Messi and how basically you can't coach that team. It's uncoachable. No. no. Yeah. I mean, if Tuchel can't coach that team, nobody can coach that team. Well, I was about to say, like, we, we learned a lot more about Tuchel watching the English media, darling, and yeah. my good friend, Mauricio Pochettino, go there. And it's you just get all right. In the same way that Pep Guardiola swallows up all the egos in Man City's dressing room. Neymar sucks the fucking ego to him. It's, exactly. It's the I'm opposite. Happy. It's yeah, not even it's, it's not just Neymar. It's Neymar. No, it's, it's the whole the players run that team. It's it's was Tiago Silva when he was there. It was whoever it was a number it is, right, of players. Right. It's not. Right? It's not. It's not a coach-driven personality-driven. If it team. were one player, that's manageable. But it's, there's like five. It's a lot of. It's five of them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And and so, and to be fair, as much as Messi is great and he's a one-man team, he's really hard to coach. Like they gave him everything. He does whatever the fuck he yeah. wants. Right. And so when they play the three of them, they can't defend. Uh, so you get to luck into what essentially <laughs> is the biggest event in Newcastle in 15 years. Yep. And your team has to go to St. James's park and try and play that game. I believe that you are fucked so bad that I am actually taking the money line for Newcastle. in that game. <laughs> I actually think this might be all right. I whined about the international break. I actually think this might be a case of it's, been so overhyped that like we're past maybe they the won't show up yeah. yeah like yeah. i like however this is the first saint uh match at <laughs> what saint we James need Park. what we need uh, dear bookie stop we need the under over on the amount of geordies wearing um uh, ter- uh oh, god here in the stands what's the under over is it 500 is it five thousand? no it's a percent it's a percent of capacity <laughs> It's a percent of capacity, and it's well. Like it's gonna. Four, it's sold out. We know it's fifty-five thousand Jordies are gonna be in that. Yeah, stadium, it's like four percent. I don't know if you know this. It's at the top of the hill. St. James's Park is like a cathedral overlooking the city of Newcastle. It is yeah. the most important thing in that shithole town that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and so okay, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. That is an important factor for people who are footballers you have to live in newcastle dude you have to live in new and it's not like it's not close i mean listen it's scale like as americans we can't really understand it's really small like it's close to each other but it's the size of new york state we always say that as a scale but 
it's Burlington, New well Burlington, Vermont. What's this? It's Plattsburgh. Plattsburgh. It's the last Plattsburgh. city in the corner of New York. Okay, has the Plats- best has Plattsburgh, the stadium in the middle of nowhere. And then like Manchester is like being in Binghamton, Syracuse area, kind of shitty. And then London is New York. Yeah, basically, right. And and Birmingham is out is Albany, kind of scale wise. Right. So it's really just the farthest place yeah, from absolutely. where and, anything and, is. It, yeah. And it's its own area. Like they have their own culture. It's on the other side of the mountains. It's fucking weird up there. They're called Geordies. They have their own goddamn yeah. language. They're called the Toon Army because they don't know how to pronounce the word town. They say Toon. <laughs> so I just. Yeah, right. Exactly. I think yeah. it's a harder it's a harder draw than Manchester. It's certainly a harder draw than London. It's um, what they are with the, the, the and the other pieces are. I'm I'm fired up because I know about this stuff. Yeah, the English media keep talking about it like it's a big team, like it's a big team. It's a big team in England. It's not a big right. team worldwide. Like nobody well, hold knows on a second. who this well, team let me is. Stop you right there. Ten years ago, what what was it? Twelve years ago, More. who the fuck was Manchester City? Oh, true. Exactly. The only reason they bought Manchester City is because it's in Manchester and it has the name Manchester. Right. Right. That's the right. reason why Paris Saint-Germain, all of a sudden, it used to be equal billing of Paris Saint-Germain. They made the Saint-Germain really small. And it just says Paris. They're like, <laughs> we're buying the team in Paris. Right. Yeah, so yeah. if you think football, you think Manchester and then you go Manchester City. Oh, is that? No, the other one. So yeah. they're buying the city, right? They get like Manchester itself is in the name. So yes, it's not as big a team. It, listen, Manchester City is wasn't a big team ever, right? Like it was a local East Side team. It was the Mets to the Yankees. Like not even mm-hmm. it was the Islanders to the Rangers, which is probably worse, I'd say. No, actually, the first yeah that relative to championships that actually makes. I don't want to talk about it. Um, yeah, it, yeah it doesn't, no, they're never winning a championship again. That was a weird time. Don't worry about it. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, so, even, even so we COVID have that. We've got, New, we've got Newcastle going there. We've got that. We've got our friend Ranieri returning, taking over for Watford, playing Liverpool. Oh, yeah, I'm actually that happened. Super duper, yeah, that happened. Uh, the, they fired their coach and Ranieri got hired. And then t- two hours after Ranieri got hired, uh, the Newcastle thing happened. So his whole story got swallowed. We had a whole moment to talk about Leicester winning the league, but that's all gone. So I we would just have never to- like to talk about that again in my life. I would rather die before we talk about that again. Because you Leicester. know why? I was the only team that didn't love Leicester winning the league. I was the only one that wasn't like, this is super awesome. Fuck those no, idiots. I was not no, that was super cool. awesome. That was cool. That was awesome. But I will always dislike Red Mares for that year. I don't know why yeah. it's not Vardy. Because like because Vardy's awesome. All right. When I think of Jamie Vardy, I always think about the one touch goal at Anfield. And from like far right of the box, right? I think Mares from like the other side of the halfway line plays him on it's like plays him on the right side and he and he sees it wasn't Allison. It was some shithead goalkeeper that Liverpool had at that point. One of those horrible ones that lost him all the important games. Um just dinks it over him from like 35 yards never had a chance and i went oh that was fucking sick like like i i just 
I can't even in good conscience say I didn't love watching Lester win the league, but it was at our expense, and I will never be able to – it's just never going to sit right with me, right? And that's – I get it's perfectly Spursy and all that stuff. We beat everybody in the league except for the 5,001 fucking, uh, you know, um, underdog. Although Arsenal will say that they finished ahead of us that year. But, yeah, but yeah nobody was paying attention. Nobody fucking cares. Um, but, yeah. Oh. Ah, Mike, I I have an unfortunate news. I may have to let you fly this thing home because I have breaking news of parenting. Okay. Parenting, parenting. parenting. So, Mike, take it away. I have to go rescue my wife. I'm going to talk about hockey uh, for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If I pop pop back, uh, I'll let you know. But in the meantime, you're driving. Talk about my best bets. Talk about my parlay. Talk about Manchester City being scoring 20 goals to Burnley's one. I'm no longer afraid of George Boyd. And uh, I shall I have return. Your bets. I have your bets. Uh, and we're going to actually get into uh, the Premier League weekend that is to come. Um, but before we do that, I want to talk about, obviously, our friend Joe uh, at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. Um, and I got to get rid of this brand thing that we got. There we go. That's just me now. Um Joe at AttitudeGratitudeConsulting.com is a great guy. He's been helping us with all of our financial consulting, all of our needs. Um, The wedding, Aveline's College, uh, which is why Laurent just left the show. Um, And and the next thing for me is buying a house. So it's a bunch of things. Whatever you're working on in your life, I mean, everybody's got their own stuff, right? But um, Joe is a a great guy. He's a family man. And uh, you go to AttitudeOfGratitudeConsulting.com. You'll see his phone number right there. Give him a call. Tell him we sent you, um, and we he'll uh, he'll take good care of you. I, I know personally that he's he's a uh, he's an awesome guy, and uh, he's waiting to talk to you. So trust me. Again, one more time, attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com. So we talked a little bit about um, you know some of the games that are coming up this weekend. Uh, Laurent has some wacky, wacky bets this weekend. I have gotten my shit kicked in in hockey. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am not going to have any best bets this weekend. I do have one or two, but I don't know. Um, but the game I want to talk about the most and the game I'm most excited for is, uh, the 1230 game on Saturday, 1230 Eastern, I should say, uh, it is not Leicester city, men United, which is probably the biggest build game of the weekend. It is not Newcastle Tottenham, which obviously after the, the, the takeover in Newcastle is the sort of headliner, I suppose. It is the Brentford Bees hosting Chelsea Football Club. And and I just think that Thomas Frank, Yvonne Tony, the, the boys, I think they're going to cause Chelsea some problems this weekend. And uh, I think that they've had two weeks. And I think, and so much as I've bitched and moaned about the international break for the entire show so far, uh, and I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, because it's probably coming. Um, I think that the advantage for smaller teams like a Brentford, who is so close knit and so, you know, we talk about the Englishness, the spirit and all that stuff. They also didn't have anybody go anywhere, which dovetails into an entire conversation, which we will get into with Laurent at some point about how even Tony should get an England call up potentially at the expense of Harry Kane. What Mike, how dare you? Um, but, they haven't really gone anywhere for two weeks. They've gotten a game plan for Chelsea for two full weeks. And I think that at home in a evening ish crowd, 
I think they're going to take it to the Blues. Um, that's something that I'm really, really excited for. I want to see – it's going to be a chess match. So uh, it's – one of the things that NBC has done well is generally speaking they have – I don't know how much say they've had in this, and I don't know how much importance it is relative to England and having the primetime game on Saturday nights. So for for that, I don't know who's to credit for this. Um, but – Generally speaking, the 1230 game on a Saturday afternoon in the fall, mostly all season, but especially in the fall, is always a can't miss. And once again, like let you look at this slate and you go, Leicester Man City is the biggest game. And you'd be right to say so, right? Like, um, but if you look at the way these teams are playing this year, you look at Leicester's been shitty. To say the least, right? And and United's faltered and whatever. Frankly, from the narrative perspective, and again, if Laurent were here, he would be screaming and yelling about how this is a game that United will lose, and he's not wrong. But man, I I, I find myself as a as a as a purist just inject some more Brentford into my fucking veins, please. And that's where I'm at. So I I see one of my best bets or we're going to call them we're actually going to rephrase that we're no longer calling them best bets because if you look at our record Laurent is 5 and 14 and I'm 3 9 and 1 uh, um we're going to call it crap bets so from here on out it is uh the squeaky bum time crap bets but my first crap bet is Brentford to get a result now I haven't gotten odds on this yet because I my book is dog shit but what I would suggest is a double chance for Brentford is a win or draw because their win is plus 600. Their draw, I believe look not without looking is like plus 285. So a double chance is still going to be plus money. And they're at home again in a night ish game against Chelsea. Um, this just feels like one where Chelsea's going to drop points. You know, they're just ready for them. So very, very excited. If you listen to the show, usually you know where I'm specifically all about Brantford. But so maybe this is becoming like a weird Homer-ish. Like maybe like we're bordering on fetish at this point. Um, but I'm just I'm super excited about that. Um, but if you move to the rest of the slate, you t- so here's what you do: you you look at it once over. You go, there's really not that many great games this week, and then you start to drink it in a little bit more, and you go, wow, okay. Arsenal's playing Palace. They never play Palace well, and Palace is playing a different style than they normally do. They're really going after teams, and that's the Monday night game, right? So that's the the tail end of the week. You've got Everton West Ham, a team, uh, um, excuse me, a you know a match of two teams who are trying to figure out sort of who the hell they are in the top ten if they both belong there. So that's sort of a knife fight. Um, Man City Burnley could be a stat night. It could be a five nothing game. I'm huge on Aston Villa Wolves. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of that. Obviously, as we know, there have been some hard luck losses for Wolves early in the season. Uh, Villa, we're still trying to figure out what they are, and 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 we're also dealing with the Argentinian contingent again for Aston Villa with Emmy Martinez and uh, Emmy Buendia. Um, so there's a lot to really dissect there. Again, the same way that I said about Brentford, it seems like Wolves might be. A little bit on the advantage of less players on the uh, the international break, right? They've gotten the the opportunity to stay home. It's a it's sort of a derby, um, but I'm I'm still liking Wolves going away there. 
don't put that down as one of my crap bets because, well, I've got plenty of crap <laughs> in the meantime. Um, but I want to talk about Newcastle Tottenham because there are um, obviously a few storylines coming out of the Newcastle game or the Newcastle news, I should say. The first one, uh, and, and I've only seen from my Twitter followers, excuse me, from the people I follow on Twitter, how how so ridiculous of me to suggest the otherwise. Um, I would say like Tuesday, earlier in the week, I saw like, okay, Newcastle's interested in Deli Ali. And I simultaneously had two thoughts. First one, uh, wh- why? Uh, and uh, this comes from arguably one of the world's biggest Deli Ali fans. Um, but... I just don't understand what you, if you're if you're trying to transform your team and you're trying to create uh, a new identity in Newcastle. And oh, by the way, if you have unlimited funds, you could spend untold amounts of money, and frankly, you wouldn't even have to spend that much. Uh, and and Deli Ali would have no place in that team. So I, I was confused by that. But uh, conversely, the second thought as a Tottenham fan was, oh. You have money's no object. Oh, well, we just slapped a 75 million price tag on Deli Alley, um, which obviously is so ridiculous. He's barely worth a third of that. Um, but yeah, I thought that was strange. And then, of course, right on time, the second uh, Tottenham related Newcastle storyline was the same one you've heard for seven years Harry Kane on the Newcastle radar. It's October 15th. This storyline is right on time, friends. It's insert team, insert club, insert country. If England could sell them, they would have too, right? Or they would have been rumored to. I'm not saying that he'll stay in Tottenham forever. What I am saying is I am – I spent – the first half of the show talking about how the Canadian fans are new here and they're not jaded and they're not calcified. Well, I've spent seven years defending the fact that Harry Kane probably isn't going to go anywhere, right? He's going to go to Manchester United. Jose Mourinho really wants. He's going to go to Real Madrid. He's going to go to Manchester City. He's going to go back to Real Madrid. He's going to go to Real Madrid. No, this time he really is going to go to Real Madrid. Pochettino might take him to PSG every single time. And I'm not going to go into the whole diatribe about how Spurs are, you know, the the underprivileged children in the conversation here. Please, sir, I want some more. But um, it's – I'm not going to go into the whole agenda against them, but it has, trust me, for seven years been a story of Harry Kane is either too good for Spurs. He doesn't play well with Spurs. He should move or he needs to move to win trophies or, or there's, there's been like five to six storylines, but that's basically been the rotating cycle. Right. Um, So of course the difference is now that, you know, we said no to 150 million or or thereabouts from Manchester City this year. And I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. And I'm not saying because he, 
Hey, and Laurent is back. I'm not saying uh, so. I'm fine. I'm finishing up my Harry Kane thought about him in okay. Newcastle. Uh, I'm not saying because uh, I think because I'm sure you heard the news. By the way, Laurent is back, friends. Um, my point that I was making was uh, if Kane were to go for the first time in seven years, I, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of okay with it at this point. Like there's. Uh, there's just so much fatigue that you can see in his eyes and you can see, you heard him talking about it when um, he England dropped points over this last break. And he, you know, for the first time from a uh, forward facing perspective, you could hear that he was like, I'm, I'm just, he's burnt. You know, he's burnt, burnt out, you know, and he's burnt out. yeah. By the way, he took him three years longer than everybody the fuck else. Um, I started this segment by saying Newcastle on Tuesday was rumored to have Deli Ali, and my first instinct was why. Um, but then that quickly moved to Kane. So anytime yeah. that there's any you know dissent among the ranks at Spurs, it's it's there's a feast or famine sort of feeling, right? And it's um, he should leave because he can't score. Or it's he should leave because he's scoring too much, right? So yeah, the, um, the thing I, the thing I think with Kane and why I was so wishy washy with him is I generally think that he's got a lot of mileage on him, and sure not does. that he's not that he's done or whatever, but that he needs a break, and he needed to go to City and be in that not thirty two to 38 game range in the mm -hmm. league. He's not, he needs to not be playing 50 to 55 games a year. He sure. needs to be in that 40, 41 games a year range playing big games, not saving teams when they're down to Krasnobor. Uh, and he's like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? I had to fly out here and now you get, I got to save this game. That, that I'm the man, I'm the man for England. I'm the man for everything was weighing on him. He needed to go to city to not play Yeah, <laughs> to get and you know the, by the like, way, and be like, Hey, winner, this is really hard. You know, who the big winner of that would have been is England. Spurs. Yes, for sure. No, no, not Spurs. Cause they would have shit on the money. They would have fucking bought some idiot and it would have sucked. Um, <laughs> no, England would have been the big winner yeah. because instead yeah. of, instead of at the end of every season, he shows up looking like a beaten dog. He yeah. shows up like, after whatever trophies he wins at Manchester City, like yeah. hungry to lead England to victory, like yeah. not that he didn't and he wasn't and he, and and he, he doesn't continue. And, and to, I think he needs physically. He wants, he's just not there. If he wants to be in the Lewandowski, Cristiano phase, he needs to get like I think he's super fit, but he needs he to get to like weirdo, sinewy late stage Madonna fit where like your arm is just muscle and you're almost a skeleton and you eat nothing but the perfect food all the time. Like he needs to go in that TB12. Actually, I don't even think he's probably already on TB12. He needs yeah. to find out what Cristiano is doing and get into that weird That's the sinewy same. muscle mode where he's not like even like six a pack human six anymore. Packs. It's... Yeah. <sighs> okay. And this is not, I, I I'm not, I want this to be very clear. I'm not taking a slight on anybody who ever chooses not to do this. That takes a sociopath to do this. Yes. 
It does. Right. I agree. Yeah. Harry Kane is as cl- he's 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 towing that line to sociopath as hard as he can, while also he has three kids. He's in a yeah. wife. Well, I think that's his you first. Know, like, well, Cristiano has like forty-seven kids. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't. But he doesn't have a wife, and he doesn't have. The, they're not in one house. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know what's Cristiano just does Cristiano things. Listen, Nobody. I'll say this. I just love the juxtaposition, right? When we talked about Rooney versus Cristiano, like I was looking up. Rooney was done at 31. Yeah, like, that was nuts. Completely washed up. Think about this. And now Think he about looks the like context. 100 years old. He's 35 years you old. You want to know what's not holding Ronaldo back? He doesn't have a cheering section in the front row of little kids wearing daddy jerseys number seven. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not saying what – a, what a horrible, inhumane comment for me to make. But if you if you dial it back a little bit, that's why he's a complete he's like the he's like the football version of Pat Bateman. Yeah. Right? He's a he's Portuguese psycho. That's what yeah. he is. Right? So, oh, good for you. How was it? Like that's that's Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. And so yeah. unless you're willing to go all the way, not 99, 100% of the way to pa- Portuguese Patrick Bateman, you're not going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. There's only one, right? Not going to be. And but maybe try and be Lewandowski, that. right? But Mike, we're actually running low on time because there is a timer that won't let us stream this if we go over an hour. Okay. <laughs> so let's get to the best bets because I think that's what people are wanting. I touched I think... on yours a bit, but go for it. I, I talked about mine already. Yeah. So I'm sure you talked about Brentford being the greatest team ever. Uh, I sure did. They are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you never. Okay. It's like you never left. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm looking at the Everton draw versus West Ham. I think that's the Monday game. That's Moyes versus freaking Benitez. Nobody wants the ball in that game. I don't know who's going to be counterattacking who, but that's draw all written all over it at plus two thirty five. Sure? We talked ad hominem about Newcastle and I, the I went absolute Newcastle. Yeah. lunatic asylum that it's going to be at St James's Park. That. It could be you could be running into an Anfield moment, like where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh fuck! I say Maximens running past Eric Dyer, scoring goals and whipping his dick out, and and people putting little red fucking rugs on his dick because they, they it's now the crown prince of fucking you know like that's gonna happen. So <laughs> that's Newcastle money line. <laughs> then uh, Leicester against Manchester United. I just think Varane no defense. Leicester has to play better eventually. Like they can't just keep sucking and they've got to beat United. And I just, I'm going with my, my theory, better coaching versus Ole pick the better coach. <laughs> I called it when you were, yeah. uh, it's like you never left. Yeah. And then my last one is this insane 14 parlay at plus 940, 9,400, which no, no, is not 9,400. No, no. Let's 9, just, 400. let's, yeah. Let's just underline that for the listeners. There is a 14 parlay out there which we advise you not to bet on, that is plus 9,400, which means if you bet $100 on this, which you shouldn't, you would win $9,400. Also known as if you bet $100 on this, you will lose $100. $100, yeah. Okay, go ahead. It's okay. Uh, It's Palace draw no bet versus uh, Arsenal. Uh, I'm taking Newcastle again. Uh, the Brentford one's the real, the real outlier. They're plus 600 money line. Ugh, that's going to be tough. 
and then Leicester. So I'm doubling down, but I'm really just wanted to get Brentford in, but I didn't want to put Brentford in as a plus 600 uh, uh, um, long shot. So I just wanted to do this crazy one just to see what happens. So you do believe in Brentford. They're home. They're at a night game. They've had two weeks off. Chelsea's had players flying all around the fucking world. Brentford's getting a result. That's what we're going out on. (laughs) Did it. Okay. Thanks for Mike for taking the wheel while uh, uh, Mike was at the wheel. Not Ole. Yeah, the last 20 minutes sucked. (laughs) Uh, That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike and Laurent. We record on. What do we do? Oh, we are the Football Week of the Shop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode and you never have to parent in the middle of your episodes like a Stuka bombing the French Riviera and World War II. And if you're listening on Apple, please review the show because it makes a huge difference for us and we survive just under the line of 60 minutes. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Roger Bear. Let's go get better graphics so that we don't have to have this weird box ever again.